Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast brought to you by Great Rally. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. Joe, there is one more game to go in this 2021-22 Flyers season to forget. Uh, One more to go. The team is coming off back-to-back losses on the road, and they will finish the season at home on Friday against the Senators on our air, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Joe will have pre- and post-game live for us. Joe, how do you feel like the team is finishing here? As we all know, it's back-to-back seasons without the playoffs. They've been out of it for a while. They've been able to string together some wins, but the last couple of games, it seems like they've kind of fallen back into their losing ways. Well, I mean, last night's first period, uh, this is a big statement because there's been a lot of this, but last night's first period I might have been the worst period of hockey all season. Yeah. Um, they just came out and they they looked like someone told them there was a game five minutes before it started. And, um, you know, I thought they played better and, and credit to um, Winnipeg's goaltender. His name's Comrie and his first name escapes me right now. But Eric. I know it was his Eric. Okay, yeah. so it was his first career shutout. Yeah. Um, and and he had to make some saves, but I don't really I don't really remember any saves in the game. Mm-hmm. It was not one of those games where you were, you know, you look back at and go, remember that save he made in the second period, or how about that save in the first minute of the third period where he preserved the shutout? You usually look back and say, remember these handful of saves that basically are the reason that he has a shutout. I don't remember any of that last night. I don't think there were a lot of quality opportunities um, by the Flyers. There were uh, plenty of quality opportunities by Winnipeg. Um, Kyle Connor did what Kyle Connor does. We talked about him in the pregame show. Uh, He's got over 90 points this season, 46 goals after he put that empty netter in last night. Um, And, you know, they were, they were moving the puck around and, they were playing like a team where if you looked at them last night and you hadn't been paying attention all season, you would have said, this Winnipeg team's a playoff team. Yeah. Uh, and and you kind of look, and uh, and Scott Hartnell and I were talking about this last night. Like, you look at their stats and you're like, how how is this team not a playoff team? There's a lot of guys with a lot of points on this team. Ehlers scores a goal last night. A lot of po- He has a lot of points on the season. I mentioned Connor. Um Few guys have down seasons, but they're noticeable. Zach, uh, I almost said Zach, the Phillies, Blake Wheeler. Um, uh, you know, these these are players with playoff experience. They've had great teams in the past. Um, and their record isn't terrible this year. They just missed out on the playoffs in a really competitive Western Conference. But um, all that said, the Flyers just didn't look like they were ready to play. Um, and I, I would say, I don't think they looked terribly interested in playing in that game last night for a good portion of it. Um, they had their ups and downs, but and I think this is what you're going to get when you have a lineup that's comprised with a collection of, A, let's, let's be fair, some guys that aren't ready to play in the NHL, some guys that won't be NHL players at all, and other guys who are up maybe before they're ready or they're ready. They're just going through the 
ebbs and flows of a young player figuring out the NHL. The problem is they're doing it on the top line for the Flyers or or the second line. They're playing big-time minutes, whereas if it was a team that was headed to the playoffs or even a team like Winnipeg who has you know a core intact, those guys might be learning the NHL ways on the third or fourth line as opposed to playing first or second line minutes, which is what you have with the Flyers here. And I just think that's that's getting exposed. There's really no way around it. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Indeed, and even after they won the their back-to-back games, and, and uh, Joe, last time we were on the Flyers Talk pack, podcast, we talked about the possibility of losing out. We felt like they weren't going to lose out. We felt like they were going to get a win here or there, and they did. They got a win, uh, and then they followed it up with an upset at Pittsburgh. So that was that was exciting to see some of the kids do some good things in that win over the Penguins. But once they got the two, like it just feels like it's not going to go anywhere from there. That's been this season. They've won three straight only once this year. That's their longest winning streak the entire season. So – this is stuff that, like, once they win two, you just feel like it's just going to get right back into to losing and, you know, looking like the product that they are. And that's what they are, Joe. They have seven rookies in the lineup, three on defense. When you have Sandstrom and Net, they've had Sandstrom and Net the last couple of games. So it's a rookie-laden lineup with kids, as you mentioned, Joe, that are just coming from college hockey or they've been in the minor leagues most of their career or all of this season. Uh, you're just seeing what you're expecting, and it does seem like it's truly a pl- play-out-the-string feel. Uh, there didn't seem to be much energy from the Flyers at all in that loss to Winnipeg, a, f- a 4 nothing loss, their seventh shutout loss of the year. Just not a lot of energy, and I, you know, maybe I think everyone can relate to that for following this season. I mean, they were eliminated with 15 games to go, and let's be real, they were out of the playoff picture well before that, so... This just kind of comes with the territory, and now the Flyers really need to focus this offseason on fixing it and getting back into at least contention. At least this Jets team, you feel like they're like right on the precipice of of the postseason. Um, whereas the Flyers, you know, have a chance to fall into the bottom three. They're fourth right now in the NHL standings and in the bottom four. So. Uh, not, not good territory for the Flyers and, and a really important offseason ahead. Yeah, and, you know, it, credit to Travis Connecting. I mean, early on he had that play around the net where he got cross-checked down into the other guy's legs, still tried to get a shot off. You know, he, he's trying to bring it. He's doing what, what Konechny does. And um, it's just – it's there is not a collection of talent on the ice right now that – where they can get a collective effort as a team. It doesn't seem like. Um, and that's to not to knock anyone's effort individually. It's just look who's in the lineup. And as I mentioned, you have guys playing on the top six that may not even be NHL players. 
And that's what we're – and then, you know, in defense, I really – like, I think that Igor Zamula has struggled. I, he's not terribly noticeable for positive things right now. And that's, again, because I don't know that he's ready to play in the NHL right now. And so, you know, uh, he's learning, but the learning is becoming exposed because these guys are being relied upon for minutes that established NHL players would play. Um, so, you know, and as you mentioned, the Jets, the, the, the Jets team is, you know, they have a core that's intact going into next season. They have a lot of guys playing that, you know, have, have ex- a good of wealth of experience playing in this league. So it's it, it's not even really a comparison between the two teams, and I think we saw that play out on the ice last night. And this is what the Flyers' management was expecting. When you sell hard at the deadline in a season that was a disaster and you start playing all these kids, you get one or two things. You get a lot of losses and your draft pick improves for next year, or you get a surprise here and there where some kids do some really good things and you leave the game thinking, hey, that was great. We saw our kids play well. And uh, they, they got a win under their belt, and maybe we can evaluate and learn something there. Like the Pittsburgh game, you left thinking, wow, good for these kids. Noah Cates, Morgan Frost, Tippett looked good. Uh, Ronnie Adder looked good. Like, okay, that was great experience. That was a nice little win we can take into next year. Or you get a lot of losses, and that's what the Flyers have piled up here. They were piling up losses before this, and now they're adding on to it. And uh, their draft pick's going to be pretty good next year. And that's something to – uh. <laughs> that's something you can maybe write home about. Uh, if you're a Flyers fan, you can get excited for the lottery and you get excited for the draft. Yeah, I think that's another thing, too. There's been a lot of talk about the draft lottery and fans and, you know, members of the front office. That's for them to pay attention to. But the problem is a lot of the guys that are playing these games on the ice are not going to be affected by where the Flyers draft, whether that be – they're not going to be here. They're going to be, you know, still kind of grooming their game in the AHL, AHL next season, which I think the Flyers have a few guys that will certainly be doing so. And then we don't know what this front office and coaching staff is going to look like. So really when you look at – there's a lot of this narrative of the Flyers want to lose these games. But, but when you say the Flyers in that context, I'm not really sure who you're talking about. Because, excuse me, there's a lot of changes that are coming this offseason. So I don't think Mike Yo is standing behind the bench thinking about uh, draft picks. Um, I don't think, you know, there's a there's a, a handful of guys that will be here. We know that because, you know, the Kevin Hayes the Owen Tippets. We know these guys are going to be here. Um, but I don't think guys like Igor Zamola, Ronnie Adderd, um, you know, even Noah Cates, who I think has a a great shot at just being on the team from the start of the uh, the start of the season next year, because of the way he's played, these guys are they're worried about carving out their own role, and they're not worried about you know if we get into the third worst record, there's so much better of a chance. Which um, I will say, Steve Kornacki really really pl- pointed that out well last night on our. Uh, on pregame live, he, he gave a great illustration of exactly what those places mean in terms of the worst records for the draft. So that's all fine and good for the, all the fans to pay attention to and kind of things like that. But as far as the guys that are out there playing on the ice, I don't see how they would be thinking about this stuff. No, not one bit, not at all. 
uh, they don't care. I said it the other day. They don't care a bleep about it. Uh, it's true. They don't. Uh, they're right about themselves. Uh, and it, for, for the Steve Kornacki interview that Joe mentioned, it is great stuff. It's on our website at NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. It's embedded in our stories, uh, and it is on our YouTube channel as well. So uh, feel free to check that out. It was very good stuff. Great in-depth breakdown. It was fun to see. Uh, despite the team not playing well, it was good to see where they could fall uh, in the lottery here. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. So Joe, as we know, so many unanswered questions going in next year. I can't remember the last time there was this many unanswered questions. When some people ask me, what do you think is the biggest problem or what needs to be fixed? It's really tough to find a starting point. Like it's, it's everywhere uh, right now. And you really don't even know who's going to be here, who's not going to be here next year. Uh, as Chuck Fletcher mentioned, everything is on the table. But we will do our best here to look at the biggest concern in our eyes going into next year. And also look at a positive, too, something that you can at least say, hey, that should be in place next year, and we know what to expect with that with that piece. But, Joe, let's start with biggest concern. What's your biggest concern going into next season? My, my biggest concern is I, I know Cam Atkinson had a really good season, and he is a goal scorer, but the Flyers don't have that guy. They don't have a sniper who's just out there piling up goals and points. And you look around the league um, and you see, you know, a, a team like Tampa has a number of them. But you, you look, the Capitals, it's obvious it's Alex Ovechkin. Um, the Penguins have a number of those guys. Guys that you know they are just looking to score. And Cam Atkins is a shoot-first guy. I just think that the Flyers need to infuse this roster with more goal scoring. And, you know... Logic's going to take you toward Johnny Gaudreau being a free agent all coming off this career year. Um, that's going to cost a lot of money. So whether they're looking to commit that much money to that, to bring a hometown kid home. Um, and they need to see, you know, they need somebody that's going to sell tickets. Let's be honest. Somebody that's going to rejuvenate the interest in this team and the, and the, the buzz surrounding this team and I think Gaudreau combined you know his stats combined with the hometown aspect of it would do such um a guy like Nazem Kadri is out there as a free agent and you know he he is a point producer for a good point of this portion of this season he was leading the NHL in scoring and he wasn't even playing on Colorado's top line so I just I feel like they need 
a offensive juggernaut type of player. Um, they a lot have a lot of good players, um, and obviously Sean Couturier being back will help a lot of the uh, you know the flow of their offense. But remember, Claude Giroux's not here. There's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of a lot of guys that you can funnel your offense through. And so I think that's definitely a concern heading into the offseason is is creating offense and who is going to do that um, next season. Um, You know, there's like you said, there's plenty of concerns to me. That's one that stands out, because when you look at all these teams that are making the playoffs, I I was going to say outside of Minnesota, but I'm going to take them out because Kaprizov is really a guy who drives their offense. So. Uh, that's not even, you know, most of these teams, when you look at these teams, you can pinpoint these are the one or two guys that their offense really relies on to to get them going. And um, I think the Flyers are severely lacking in that department right now. Super fair to say. And, yeah, for me, I, I'm, you know, I'm not really as concerned about the defense. I thought they took some decent strides this year in terms of goal prevention compared to what it was last year. It was league worst last year. I feel like they've had games where they're in it because of um, their effort and their 200-foot play. Uh, they just can't score. So I think scoring, Joe, without a doubt, is a bigger issue than defense. And I think if Ryan Ellis comes back healthy, and that's a big if, but uh, the last we've heard, we, he was expected to be back healthy next year. If he can be the player or at least – somewhat of the player that he's been expected to be. I think they're in much better shape defensively. They maybe have some bottom uh, some bottom pair question marks there, but I think Cam York could be in the picture, Ryan Ellis, and you have Sanheim, Rasmus, or Salinen together. I think they're going to be okay on the back end, or they can at least see what they could be on the back end. But, yeah, really to me, goal scoring and power play. And if I can take it to a different level than you, Joe, I will just say, like, identity next year. To me, like, what's this team's identity going to be next year? I think that could take a while to form, and you don't want to waste a lot of time early in the season. But no Claude Giroux unless he resigns here, and uh, that's been the long-standing captain for a while now. And who's going to be the next captain? Who's going to be the next leader? What's the vibe going to be around this team? Um, who are people going to look up to? Where does it all kind of trickle down from there? I, I think. This team doesn't have an identity right now, as expected, playing all the rookies that they are and all the trades that they made. But that's my biggest concern is how quickly can they form an identity and get the ball rolling on the season because you don't want to take multiple months to kind of figure out who you are. So that will be a big challenge for the next head coach, and it will be a big challenge for the pieces that are here in place. And I'm sure a lot of that will also fall on Sean Gatorier's shoulders uh, if he's healthy and back ready to go, which people are expecting to be. I think people are kind of looking at him as the heir apparent to Claude Giroux, and uh, we'll see kind of how that unfolds here next year. But to me, that's the big thing is identity. Yeah, you know, Jordan, what you just – your overall concern was identity. And what you the, – the things that you just mentioned that go into that, I think those are all little individual concerns of it in themselves. And yeah. the obvious one is who is behind the bench. Yeah, You know, that's a major concern. Yeah, you know, you, you're you're looking at potentially and probably a whole new coaching staff. You might be looking at a new front office structure. We don't really know. 
Because last season we talked about how busy the offseason was, and I think last season is going to ha- – in order for this team to get back to where they want to be, last season, last offseason is going to have to seem minor compared to what happens this coming offseason. And, you know, that's a lot of decisions. It's a lot of – because think about it. If you're talking about improving scoring, that means if you're going in a different direction – Let's just say hypothetically, and I'm not saying it should or shouldn't happen, but let's just say they go in a different direction with the coaching staff and the general manager. You need to decide on your coaching staff and your general manager before you think about free agency. So those are huge decisions that all have to be made very early in the offseason. So, you know, as I said, there's – it's almost like you could do (laughs) like headings of concerns and then all these – sub concerns underneath each of the headings. Yeah. There's so much that goes into this coming off season. So, um, yeah, by the time we get to the fall, this could be a, it could be a totally different franchise with a few remaining pieces. Um, and I do think the Ryan Ellis thing is another major concern, as you mentioned there, because we really have heard very little about his status. So that's another thing that remains to be seen. Yeah, his entire injury has kind of been held behind the curtains, and that's never that's never like um, a major reason for like concern or doubt. But there is some concern. You you would expect maybe for them to announce his surgery if he did get it or if he is getting it. Um, it's almost kind of always whenever we meet with Chuck Fletcher, we have to ask about it, and we get some clarity there. But other than that. You haven't really heard or seen much. Uh, and that tends to happen sometimes with injured players. Uh, you know, they're getting rehab and recovery off the ice, so you don't hear about them or see much of them. But still, concern. You would like to hear that, you know, like for Sean Couturier, you're seeing him on the ice right now. You're seeing him practice. You're seeing him smiling on the ice. Like for a fan, that's probably a little relieving. Like, okay, there's our first-line center. He had surgery, but he's he's back out there, and we're thinking he's going to be good to go next year. Ryan yeah, Ellis. you would like to know your prized off-season acquisition is going to be ready to play next season. Right. And yep. we haven't been given that assurance. Not anything – we haven't been given an update on anything that he's doing, really. So that's, you know, other than sort of vague, like he's progressing type of things. Um, so th- to me, that's the part that's a concern is that the lack of update – And that may not be a concern, but until you hear the updates, it is a concern. So, because it's not, you know, your third D pair guy, it's your power play quarterback and your top, your, you know, your top pair defenseman um, that you invested uh, some, I mean, it's not as if the guys they traded really went on to play well this season. So it's, I don't want to say they invested a lot of trade capital, but on the surface, it's a decent amount of trade capital and you invested, a, you carved out a big role that was a huge void this year for this player. So you, you would like to know um, that you're going to get a lot more next year from Ryan Ellis. Yeah. He's under contract uh, for a while. And obviously, he's got some money to his deal. He, he was the prized offseason acquisition. The last time we heard from Chuck Fletcher, and I'm almost positive on this of when we heard this from him, 
was the trade deadline. And he did say, Ryan Ellis, um, they were still looking at options and treatment plans and, and all that stuff. And their, the plan was he was still expected to be ready for next season. Uh, everyone expected him ready for next year. Um, if all goes well, he would be ready to go for opening night next year. That was the last time we heard from Chuck Fletcher on Ryan Ellis. So that was some clarity there, but it's been a little while since the trade deadline. And you would think maybe they would have announced something yet if he had undergone a surgery. Uh, so a lot of stuff kind of up in the air there that we don't totally know. We will certainly find out soon uh, at the exit interviews with Chuck Fletcher, players, and Mike Yo. We'll find out a lot more there on Ryan Ellis. But that is a big question mark going into next year. The Flyers certainly need their top pair of defensemen next to Ivan Provorov if those two are still here and intact uh, to start opening night next year. Joe, biggest positive for you. Uh, can you find a positive going into next year where you can kind of hold on to it and take it into the next season? Yeah, um, I'm so I'm going to say because I, I I harped on this last offseason when we would talk on this podcast that Travis Sandheim was a guy that needed to to establish himself as no longer the young player, the second pair defenseman, the guy with a, you know a multifaceted game, and I think he's done that and then some, and that's a credit to Travis. He's really upped his offensive game while being defensively responsible, um, and really. You know, he's on a short list of guys that were the most valuable players for this team this season. And I'm not I'm not sitting here. You know, it's it's tough to talk about MVPs of a, of a team that could end up with one of the three worst records in the league. But you have to have players that that I mean, they, you know, team players are valuable to bad teams, too. And um, to me, Travis is at worst the second. Um, guy in terms of value to this team this season. He's been consistent all year. He's been durable. And he's really shed that young player that's still learning sort of label that was on him and kind of used as a crutch when, you know, he would make bad plays. I think back to last season, the game, and he and Phil Myers had this dreadful game minus six each at the Garden against the Rangers. And, um, you know, that could have been, I think, viewed as the low, maybe the low point of his career up to that point. And, you know, this year he's really carved out that role for himself. You don't hear people talking about Travis Sandheim. He needs to improve on this and that. Of course, guys need to always work on improving their game. But I really think Sandheim solidifying his role and his – um his place on this team, and again, shedding that young guy lo uh, label that I harped on a lot, and uh, we collectively, I think, harped on a lot last offseason. I think that's happened, and then some, and and I th that's a credit to Travis. Um, to me, that's my biggest takeaway from this even season, positively, is for sure Travis Sanheim. We really did, Joe. We hit on that a ton, and we, we criticized him a ton, and said that he needed to take that next step, and he really has, and he's done it in an ugly season for the team where there hasn't been a lot of help around him. Like, it would be one thing if the Flyers were contending and they were incredibly deep on the back end and he was kind of maybe sheltered a little bit. He's been their best defenseman on a really bad team. Uh, so that, to me, makes it even more impressive that he's been able to do it in an environment where there's been all kinds of moving pieces and uncertainty, and he's, he's answered the bell. Uh, kudos to him. 
Joe, I would say for me, I'll give my second to most important positive in my eyes, I think would be Kevin Hayes. You're looking like you're getting a healthy Kevin Hayes going into next year. They they have figured out what was wrong with him in terms of all the abdominal issues that really wreaked havoc on his ability to play. He's been their best player since coming back on March 5th. And with all the injuries to key pieces, Couturier, Ellis, now you have one to Atkinson at the end of the year. Kevin Hayes has been able to answer kind of the questions about his health. And that's a huge positive. He's a in all situations center and you really need him next year. He's under contract. I think that's a real positive. But for me, I think the biggest thing to me, in my eyes, Carter Hart. Uh, for the most part, he rebounded this year. This season has been a pretty big disaster to begin with. If you had a major, major question mark again in net after his season last year, that would really put this into a full-out like panic that you have a major question about what you were hoping to be your franchise goalie uh, at the most important position in the game. Uh, to me, there really isn't a question. I think Carter Hart is the future, and if you put a really good team around him or if you put at least more stability around him, you're going to get a really good Carter Hart. I thought he was pretty solid this year, one of the more valuable players until he kind of slumped at the toward the finish line and then obviously he got hurt. But for the most part, all in all, Carter Hart, I thought, rebounded this year from a, a real worrisome season last year. So to me, you have at least your answer and your number one goalie going into next year, and that's really important. It's just about building out in front of him. Uh, so for me, Carter Hart, uh, big, big positive going into next year. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'll say, uh, you know, the results on the ice are one thing and, and sort of his play on the ice, but additionally, I think his demeanor when he talked after games and the, the, the stark contrast from last year, this year, when he, when he played a bad game or the team had a bad game, he came out and he kind of just shrugged it off like it wasn't a big deal, which was a reminder of the bubble season where he was able to do that. And then last year you had games where he played bad and he came out and he looked like he was lost at the press conference, yeah. that he didn't have answers. He's gone back to that demeanor of, yeah, I'm the guy and we played bad and we'll bounce back next game. And then they bounce back next game. Yes. And, you know, that's what you want to see. Um, because I think that's what impressed us all so much early in his career was his ability to have such poise at a young age. And I felt that that came back this year in addition to him looking strong on the ice because um, there were many nights this year that the Flyers just flat out left him out to dry yeah. and he had to make big saves, yeah. uh, big plays. And, you know, and a lot of their wins, he was their best player. So I don't think that can be discounted. Yeah, I remember first interviewing him and meeting him at, at one of his development camps. He had to be 18, 19. Um, and I was just blown away by, like, this kid doesn't – this kid's not phased at all about playing goalie in this city. And people are asking him questions about, you know, can, can you be the next Ron Hextall or the next Bernie Perron? And can you be the next guy in net in Philly for a city that's been starved for goaltending for quite some time now? And he really seemed unfazed by it. And I was like, wow, like this kid really doesn't care about pressure. And you saw him translate that in his first couple of years. Like it didn't phase him. He just went out and played and was really good. Last season was the first time I actually saw Carter Hart break under the pressure and really have the mental stress kind of overcome him. And that's where I was like, wow, 
haven't seen this yet. Can he get out of it? And he did. He did this year. He looked like he rediscovered himself in the offseason. Normalcy, I think, helped for him. And you remember, too, he's young. He is 23. He was 22 last year. He is young. And uh, he, he definitely rediscovered himself. And Joe, like you said, just looked like, you know, a bad, a bad bounce or a bad game. He would totally just put that in the rear view. And, and that's good signs going, for, going into next year. He's becoming a pro. He's understanding how to deal with success, deal with failure. All positives there in net. Well, Joe, this was fun. Uh, as always, great seeing you, great chatting with you. Can't wait to see the final broadcast of the season, final pregame live, final postgame live, produced by our very own Joe Fordyce. Friday against the Senators, 7 o'clock. Pregame live starts at 6. With the warm-up, you can catch it all on NBC Sports Philadelphia. Joe, thanks as always. Great seeing you. Great chatting with you. Ben Berry, our podcast producer and guru. Major thanks to him for always being flexible with our time and helping us. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to talk to you next time.